my name is Philia, and I'm here with my lovely co-host, Yemi. Hey, guys. Welcome to Treading, Treading Faith. Faith. Treading Faith is a weekly podcast dedicated to diving into the deep end of open, honest, fun, but sometimes difficult conversations that surround our everyday life and our walk with Christ. I always say faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So, Yemi, what are we diving into today? Well, we are giving all of you a season pass to miracles, where we closely examine the miracles of Jesus Christ and we apply it to our modern day life. Today, we are talking about the miracle that Jesus performed when he healed a demon-possessed man who was both blind and mute. This miracle is found in the book of Matthew, chapter 12, verse 22 to 37. I will be reading from the ESV version, but of course, use any version you like. And it begins. Then a demon man, a demon possessed man who was blind and mute was brought to him, Jesus, and he healed him so that the man spoke and saw. And all the people were amazed and said, can this be the son of David? But when the Pharisees heard of it, they said, it is only by Beelzebub, the prince of demons, that this man cast out demons. Knowing their thoughts, Jesus said to them, every kingdom divided against itself is laid to waste, and no city or house divided against itself will stand. And if Satan casts out Satan, he's divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? And if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do you, do your sons cast them out? Therefore, they will be your judges. But if it is by the spirit of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Or how can someone enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods? Unless first he binds the strong men, then indeed he may plunder his house. Whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. Therefore, I tell you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven. But... The blasphemy against the spirit will not be forgiven. And whoever speaks a word against the son of man will be forgiven. But whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven, either in this age or the age to come. Amen. Amen. These are strong, strong, strong words from <laughs> Jesus. And you know, the thing about it is that Jesus was only there to help, right? It says that the man was brought to him and he healed him. And it doesn't go too much into the miracle itself, but mostly about what the Pharisees comments were mm -hmm. that he was, you know, healing by the power of Satan. And, you know, Jesus says that a house can't be divided against itself unless it's false to waste. Mm -hmm. And, and he's speaking, speaking, Specifically speaking, he says, if I come by the power of Satan, why would I be casting out demons? Obviously, I want the demons to reign. Right, <laughs> so right. he's like, no. Right. And so he says he cast them out by the spirit of God. And he says, the spirit of God is amongst you. And he says, if you speak against me, it's one thing. But if you speak against the spirit of God, mm, 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 mm -hmm. woe to you. Mm -hmm. And this is the first time, you know, I've heard of this miracle and I've heard of this specifically like a house divided is laid to waste. But mm -hmm. I... I never realized this part about, you know, if you speak against the spirit, then you, you know, you will not be forgiven. You know what it says, whoever speaks a word against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven either in this age or the age to come. Right. That means 
that the everlasting life we're promised is not it's to not, you if you see it. Ah, this is you, serious. You know, it's funny that you said that it's serious because it makes me feel and understand that it doesn't mean because we are saved or we think that we are saved that we continue to be saved, I think. Mm -hmm. It's weird, right? Because think about it. We go around thinking that we are safe. So, oh, Jesus forgives us. God forgives us. No matter what we do, all we got to do is just repent and we're good. But it's saying, you speak against me, then you're against me. But if you speak against the Holy Spirit now, that's another story. It's almost like not reneging <laughs> the promise, but it makes you say it's an ongoing process. This forgiveness is not just granted just because we still have to be in the moment we still have to be intentional about our actions and this 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 makes me think that ah okay this is where the jokes you know come in like god is like oh yeah it's not that easy you still gotta work yeah i i like that you brought up the fact that some people may use um being a christian as a, a crutch to do things and say well all i need to do is repent right like mm -hmm. you think like you know what jesus god is going to forgive me and jesus is saying yes i will forgive you but blaspheme the spirit right, whoa right, that's right. something and he's making a distinction because we you know as Christians, we believe in the Holy Trinity, the Father, Son, and Spirit all in one, but they have different functions. And so the Spirit of God is different from the Son of Man, and which is different from God, right? Like, I mean, he doesn't mention if you blaspheme God, mm -hmm. he mentions the Spirit. And we all in here, let's think of this as like the Holy Spirit, right? And I love the Holy Spirit, right? Mm -hmm. But, you know, sometimes you go to church and people say they caught the Holy Spirit. You don't know whether it is or not. <laughs> right, and, you right. know, it, as a growing up, as, in, as someone who went to, uh, grew up in a Baptist church where I saw people, quote unquote, catching the Spirit and being in, in other churches where, you know, people were putting hands on me to right. make me get the Spirit right. and pushing me, you know, I kind of felt like that's, against god mm. right like because i'm like why are you doing that like mm -hmm. if i if i have the spirit let me have the spirit right. if the holy spirit falls upon me let it fall upon me don't force, don't force it, upon it upon me, me. it's, ah, it's god's will and so you know i'm wondering now are these aspects of being blasphemous against the holy spirit mm. you know you know saying that you caught the holy spirit to just you know do a dance run up and down or you know try to force someone mm -hmm. it's really it's really making me think about Christian practice, right. especially in churches. Right. You know, it's funny because I was actually having a discussion very similar to, um, to this with a friend of mine who um, he he attended a, um, another ceremony. This was like maybe two months ago. And he says that when he went up, the person who was um, prophesizing for him, you know, he felt like his head being slightly like, like kind of like pushed or like he was like trans-like, right? Mm -hmm. But then when he actually went to a church where they were just preaching the word, there was no prophesizing, it was just strictly Bible-based, he felt more like almost like compelled, like the Holy Spirit, he actually felt what that might be mm -hmm. as opposed to doing what everyone else did where they would just fall to the floor. And not saying that it was pretentious or contrived, just saying it just seemed like this is the thing that was happening. So he kind of let himself go. So I, I, I think that idea of saying that don't force the Holy Spirit, just allow me to be, let it work within me in the most wholesome and 
and natural way, I think that's that's when Holy Spirit actually works through you. It should not be something that you you that is forced or compelled or feel unnatural. It should yeah. be a natural state. And I think when he mentioned that to me, that was the most natural state that he felt. I like that you said that because it just makes me remember to say that it it does not have to look the same for everyone, mm -hmm. right? Some people mm -hmm. may catch the spirit and jump up and down and fall to the floor. Right, and right. some people may get it and they may cry, mm -hmm. some may shake. May, it just depends on you. Mm -hmm. I have felt the spirit. I felt chills. Right. I've, you know, <laughs> been moved inexplicably. Mm -hmm. Like things happen to me that's beyond my physical that I know God's presence is there. And so I definitely believe that the Holy Spirit can come upon you. I just don't need it to be forced upon me so that it looks the same way as it does for the other people in church. But you know what? I, I didn't finish reading this, um, this passage. It goes on, Jesus goes on in this whole, when he's talking to the Pharisees and addressing uh, him, healing by the name of Satan, he also goes on to say that a tree is known by its fruit. He says, either make the tree good and its fruits are good or make the tree bad and its fruits are bad. For the tree is known by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you speak good when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good person out of his good treasure brings forth good. And the evil person out of his evil treasures bring forth evil. I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give account of every careless word they speak. For by your words, you will be justified. And by your words, you will be condemned. Amen. Word. Look at that. Yes. And you know, it's it's so great that you read this, um, Yemi, because it reminds you that good comes from good and evil comes from evil. So if you are intrinsically good, then goodness shall come from you, right? Just like a fruitful tree will bear good fruit, right? And one that needs to be pruned, right? They do that so that it does not contaminate the other fruit, so that it doesn't bring down that tree. So it does fall to the ground yeah. in a sense, right? And, um, and it, it it shows that Holy Spirit is only good. So even when um, the Pharisees were condemning Jesus, saying that, oh, he's evil because he's like, how can I be evil when I'm bringing out evil? If I was evil or if it was of, of a demon, I would let it be because I would want the demons to reign almost, right? Yeah, so it yeah. didn't even make sense that they were saying that, but they they it's almost like they could not see that the goodness can overpower evil. It's only evil that can only overpower evil. It's right, it's almost right. interesting to see that, yeah. right? That goodness cannot reign over evil. Only evil can reign over evil. And that's just like just an interesting phenomenon to actually think about why the Pharisees thought that way when they were supposed to be this hierarchy of goodness in a sense, but then yeah. it shows the hypocrisy behind it. I mean, that, I mean that, that, <laughs> that makes me think of the ways of the world. Like, right. you know, people people don't expect good, mm -hmm. right? We have this idea that everything is bad. And even, you know, me and my friend yesterday, we were talking about um, 
about you know the way of the world and how you know how you act like and and um because of fear mongering like watching the news like you only think people late uh, out late at night are doing bad things you can't possibly conceive of people just having a good time and coming back and being safe because when you turn on the news something bad is happening right. all the time you know new york city is so dangerous we're going back to the 90s i mean like the statistics doesn't show that but if you turn on the TV and they're only saying that, yes, you're going to think that. And uh, and so it, it 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 makes people think that there's only evil in the world. Mm -hmm. And that's part of Satan's work so that you can question good. Right. Why are you doing this? Right. Why? And I, I know I'm guilty of that. Mm -hmm. Like, you're not doing this for the goodness of your heart. Like, you <laughs> doing want it for something. accolades. Like, I, I'm inherently suspicious of anyone who's doing something right, good right. which is not the way i should be right, right? like right. i want to be open but in this world you got to be cautious right. you know it's not to say that everyone who's doing good work just wants something right. you know but it's to oh, test it you know you test it and and god says this this is how you know a good tree mm -hmm. if it bears good fruit mm -hmm. so he's doing something good so his source must be good, right? right? Like he's not showing you anything bad. Like all the things that God, ha Jesus has done in mm -hmm. this time, especially healing all the people that came to him. It says this man was brought to him and mm -hmm. he healed him, right? Mm -hmm. He didn't seek him out. He came to him right. and he did it. He said, if I'm doing all these things, why would you think that I'm doing evil? Didn't you not recognize by my work right, right. Th that, that, that I'm of a good source? Right. And you know, I love that he says, for by your word, you will be justified. And by your words, you will be content. Uh -huh. He's pretty much saying, watch your mouth. Right, right, right. <laughs> watch your mouth. Right. Because when the judgment day comes, it doesn't matter. You said and did these things. Right. That's going to tell me who you are. Right. And I think that's the, what we apply to the world, right? You study people. You watch mm -hmm. people. Are you good? Are you bad? I don't need... I don't need your words mm -hmm. to tell me that. I I sh I look at your actions, right? right? You can say, you know, yummy, I love you. I you know, I'm supportive of you. Um, you know, I want everything for the but you're not you're not giving me money. Right. You know, I'm talking right. I'm, right. I'm talking about work, right? Like you want to give me praise, but show me with money because we live like like give me the money exactly. that that co that's commensurate with your words. Good. So if your okay. words are not com um doesn't is not backed up by action, right. then something is in contradiction. Right. Either you're lying to me about me being good, or you know you just don't value me, right? right? You're taking right. advantage. Which right. one is it? Wow. And so you know this is I think you know when Jesus tells these uh, Pharisees when he calls them you brood of vipers, you know willing to pounce at every little thing. We have to be careful of not having that spirit like being a viper, being ready to pounce, questioning everything, not being good. And it's so hard because not there's evil in this world. Right. We have to protect ourselves, but at the same time, you know, we have to be a little bit more accepting of good. I agree. I agree. I like that last statement that we have to be more acceptable of good because when Jesus is actually talking to the Pharisees, when knowing their thoughts, he says to them, right? Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation and every city or house divided against itself will not stand. So it almost brings that food for thought that united we stand, divided we fall. So why <laughs> wouldn't we 
continue to unite and make disciples and go out and preach the word and go out and 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 spread the word of God because that is the way that we could cast out evil. You know, evil will always exist. As long as there's good, there will always be evil. But why not have an army of good, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. So that evil can continue to shrivel up and actually die, like literally, right? So it's it 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 gives that feeling that we can actually go out and continue to act because goodness will always overcome evil no matter what. And God knows your heart. And like you said, like like it's in the in the word that a good tree will bear good fruit. Right. So we have to continue to promote good, no matter how much we feel like we are from this world. We don't we don't have to be of this world. Ooh, yes. Right. And and, you know, it's, it's interesting that you were talking about this idea of what looks good may not always be good because I think about Thanksgiving. Right. So my cousin made a lot of the vegan food and I made, and she made the traditional dish, but you know, her, um, she and her kids are vegan and we just thought that it would be great that for us to combine it. Right. So I actually went and ate her food and I, I, I didn't really try mine. So I saw her sweet potato. We both made sweet potato yams. So I'm over here thinking my sweet potato yams are banging. Right. And then I go over to hers and hers looks so vibrant. And I don't remember mine looking as vibrant. Now, it didn't mean that because they're sweet potato yams that they were actually going to be as sweet. Right. But then I taste hers and I'm like, oh, my gosh, it literally tastes like honey. So I was thinking, how did she pick these yams? How did she know which one? Because the ones I saw, I thought they were fine. But I was like, ah. Ours are very orange. <laughs> like, are these vegan yams? Like, I started to actually question the yams that I had. So I didn't even talk to her about this. So I guess when she hears it, she's like, ah, cuz you like my yams <laughs> better than your yams. So now I ate hers and I didn't even eat my own. And I thought mine were like the best yams. And hers just seemed more orange. Mine all of a sudden looked dull. And it just made me think about that idea. It doesn't mean that something that looks good is actually really good, right? Yeah. So it was just such a direct correlation to what we experienced just on Thanksgiving, you know? Yeah, just looking, yeah. Everything looks so yummy, but when you taste it, it's dry, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that turkey is there for decoration. You eat it, Ugh. it's dry, you know? <laughs> so that's what I think of people. It's like, you know, being inherently good, it's not just about looking it, it's about acting it, it's about being about it, it's about producing it, right? So that that was my 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 testimony and correlation to this idea of goodness. <laughs> that's um that's funny because you know I, I I'm taking this word really, really to heart about judging people by the fruit that right. they bear. And I think about it in terms of you know conflict, like one of the the best things that you can do is get to know someone. Right. And when you get to know someone, you know their character. Right. And so you know if they mean things for evil or they mean things for good, right? Like nobody wants to say that you are inherently evil, right? Like we all want to believe that everyone is inherently good. But what is the source? What are they producing? Now, you know when someone always says something negative, they're just a negative person, right? Negative like you know that. <laughs> whatever's going to come out their mouth is going to be negative, right? They're not going to say things positive because that's just their source. And you also know that if they're, you know, you also know their character. So you kind of have this expectation when dealing with them that 
maybe something in their root is causing them to act this way. So maybe don't take everything that they're saying so literally or harmful because it comes from a source. And it's not necessarily evil, but it's just the way of the world. The world changes you. It informs your perspective and informs your character. Um, things that are character defining, you have to determine whether you, it's okay, you can live with or you can pass. But what I like to say, I don't take one moment of time and judge a person. I look at the totality. I know your ca a character. I, you know, I spend time with you. I know what you mean. I know whether this works or not doesn't work. I know whether this is good fruit, if it's a good tree or bad tree by the fruit that you're constantly producing. Yes. It's not just one fruit. Like, let's say we're all good for a good trees. It doesn't mean that we won't have bad fruit occasionally. We will, right. but know the root, know who you are to your core. And if you want to be good, produce good fruit, right? That's the true. fruits of the spirit. These are things that we're constantly working on. Love, patience, kindness, fidelity. We're constantly working on these things. It's not all the time they will happen, but we as people need to constantly work on it because Jesus ultimately says judgment is coming. You know, you can talk about the, the son of man. You can do we he knew that he was going to be crucified. So right. when he's saying that you can blaspheme the son of man and you will be forgiven, he's already foreshadowing that we will be forgiven of our sins, especially his crucifixion. Right. You know, he's saying, forgive them, Father, for they not they know not what they do on the cross after he was brutally beaten and left for dead, you know, and, and put into a slow, painful execution. Right, right. He already forgave them. And he's telling you that you will be forgiven, but don't do this against the spirit. And why is the spirit different from the son of man? It, it's funny. Um, that's a great question. Why is the spirit different from son of man, right? Um, I, I'm just looking back and just thinking about the story because the, um, the essence of, of the story is that the man, you know, was trapped with a demon and he was unable to communicate the, with the world. But then when Jesus healed him, he was able to communicate, right? That's the difference. The son of man is able to really communicate through the world, communicate through us because goodness shines through goodness. That's the way I saw it. He wasn't able to communicate when he was demon possessed, but the minute he was healed, God's God came out of him, you know, the word came out. And this is how I feel what goodness really represents in us. Yeah, I mean, goodness does show. I mean, mm -hmm. Jesus Jesus like, tells us that, right? right? That the fruits will show your goodness. Right. So you don't need to worry about anything else. That's why he's saying when you're judging me and call, telling me that I'm a, a servant of Beelzebub, it just doesn't make any right. sense. Right. When he's really just trying to tell them that, are you stupid? <laughs> are you dumb? Right. <laughs> like, right. are you right. blind? Right. Like, imagine, are you, right. Are you blind? Right. Like, you don't see what's happening yes. right now that you Amen. can, you, that you're saying this. Mm -hmm. But like the, like, like, honestly, when Jesus is saying, like, you can say whatever you want mm -hmm. about me, like, imagine him saying, I'll be the sacrificial lamb. I'll be the one that you curse right. on, spit on, beat on. But don't but do don't that to the whole, right. Holy Spirit because yes. judgment is coming. Yes. I really want to look into this. Yes, yes. Well, we definitely need to save that for the live. Thank you so much, Yemi. I think this was a wonderful discussion. I can't wait for us to talk about it on our live. Thank you for tuning into our podcast today. We hope you enjoyed our discussion on healing a demon-possessed man who was blind and mute. 
Before we end, we have a few announcements and then we will close with a prayer. Thank you for tuning into our podcast today. We hope you enjoyed our discussion on the miracle of healing a demon-possessed man who was blind and mute. First, we would like to announce that we'll be back next Wednesday to discuss Season 2, Episode 13, on the miracle where Jesus heals a man possessed by a lesion of demons. You can find this miracle in the book of Luke, Chapter 8, verses 26 to 39. We are super delighted to be back on tonight with our Wisdom Wednesdays YouTube live discussion, where we will be discussing our season pass to miracles and how you can access your very own miracle through your personal walk with Christ. This will take place tonight at 7.15 p.m. Eastern. Don't miss it. Lastly, our weekly podcast, Treading Faith is available on Apple, Spotify, and Google. Please check out our Instagram page for updates. And if you like us, then spread the news and follow us. Click that like button and then comment and share with your family, friends, and neighbors alike. Now, let us join together in prayer because we believe in the power of prayer, specifically praying from the text of the Bible. Isaiah 55:11 says, God's word does not come back void. Our prayers are strengthened in numbers, so we ask that you come into agreement with us for this closing prayer. Heavenly Father, come and open our eyes that we may see how great you are and how complete your provision is for this new day. We do, in the name of Jesus, take our place with Christ in the heavens with all your principalities and powers. Heavenly Father, we are thankful that the victory the Lord Jesus won for us on the cross is in his resurrection and has been given to us and that we are sealed with the blood of Jesus. Heavenly Father, we declare that all principalities and powers and all worked spirits are subject to us in the name of Jesus. Heavenly Father, we are thankful for the armor you have provided us and put the grid of truth on that breastplate of righteousness, the sandals of peace, the helmet of salvation. We lift up the shield of faith against all fiery darts of the enemy and take in our hands the sword of the spirit. Heavenly Father, the word of God and use your word against all the forces of evil in our lives and put on this armor and live and pray in complete dependence upon you. Heavenly Father, we pray for your blessings and the Holy Spirit. We are grateful, Heavenly Father, that the Lord Jesus Christ spoiled all principalities and powers and made a show of them openly and triumph over them in himself. We claim all that victory for our lives today. We reject out of our lives all the insinuations and the accusations and the temptations of, the, of Satan. Heavenly Father, we affirm that the word of God is true and that we choose to live today in the light of your word. Heavenly Father, we choose heavenly that we are obedient to you and that we continue fellowship with you and with others. Heavenly Father, open our eyes and show us the areas of our lives that would not be pleasing to you. Work in our lives that there will be no ground to give Satan a foothold, Heavenly Father, against us. And show us in every area of weakness. Show us, Father, that in every area of our lives that we must.
our Lord, you are our strength, and you are our Redeemer. In Jesus' precious name, may we all come into agreement and say, Amen, Amen, and Amen. We thank you, we appreciate you, and we love you. We hope to see you tonight on our Wisdom Wednesdays YouTube Live discussion. See you at 715. Love you. Bye.